mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Principles of Priority. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Here now, Pastor Moody. I felt like the Lord dealt with me about this. I'm going to preach on the principle of priority. And to make something a priority simply means to make it most important or to make it important. And uh, I think God wants us to understand that our priority is Jesus. Amen. Through all of this that's going on, you know, it's like the COVID. You know, I've said, I've talked about the COVID till I'm sick of even mentioning it. How many knows when you say COVID, people cringe. They've heard so much about it. And when we think we're about to put it in the rearview mirror, then all of a sudden this week they tell us we're in the red zone again. And the numbers are higher than they've been. Could be the same people's counting the COVID numbers that are counting the ballots. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's reality. It's 2020. Can you say amen? So all these things, I don't look to the right or to the left. And I'm not looking in the past. I'm focused on where I'm going. Amen. And so there's a principle of priority. Amen. I, I said this, you know, uh, Jesus taught us that the eye is the light of the body. And if the eye is single, if you're focused, if you have priority in place, he says, how great is the light in that body. And how many knows Jesus outshines everything? Are you with me? He outshines everything. So let's, let's stay Focus. Let's keep the principle of priority. I want you to go with me to, to Matthew's gospel, and I'm going to chapter 6, and start in verse number 25, and read down to verse 33, some very familiar verses. This is Jesus talking. You can stand for the reading of God's word. He said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. He said, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought? And I want you to notice this. When the Lord said, take no thought, he really said, most modern translations say, don't worry. Don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. Tell them, say, be happy. Praise God. Worry. You know, Jesus in the chapter prior to this taught the Beatitudes. And the word blessed every time in the Beatitudes means happy. And I had a preacher come here years ago that preached on the be happy attitudes. And how many knows you need to have a be happy attitude? So you're blessed. So which of you by worry and taking thought can add one cubit to his stature or increase himself by worrying? And why take you thought for raiment? Why do you worry about clothes, ladies? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, who was probably the richest king that ever lived, who built the temple and the greatest palace at that time the world had ever seen. Everything around him was surrounded in gold. How many knows he had the very best of the very best and they brought it to him by shiploads from all over the world. And even Solomon in all of his glory didn't look as good as a field of daisies. Can you say amen? That's what it means. Wherefore, if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought. Don't worry. Say it again. Don't worry. Uh, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? Amen. For after all these things does the, do the Gentiles, and that means that's a phrase in the Old Testament that means the heathens, the lost, the ungodly, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Amen. Here's my verse. But seek you first. Read it out loud with me, would you? But seek you first the kingdom of God. The principle of priority. First. Say with me, first. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You see, if I can just stay blessed, my wife is blessed. My children are blessed. My grandchildren are blessed. My finances are blessed. Everything about me is blessed if I keep this principle of priority in place. Father, thank you for the word of God. Anoint us and use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Practicing the principle of priority, keeping the Lord first in your life brings you to a position and to a life of blessings. Are you hearing me? Blessings. It's not a gamble. It's a certainty. God wants us to put him first above everything else. And this is a principle that runs through all of Scripture. You can go back to Genesis chapter 4 and you can read when Cain and Abel brought an offering to God and and God accepted Abel's offering and he rejected Cain's. And Cain got angry. And God said to him, why is your countenance fallen? Watch this. If you'll do it right, you'll be accepted. There's that priority. Do it God's way. And then you know the story that Cain got angry and killed his brother. Continue on 2,500 years later in your Bible. I know it's just a, a few chapters, but it's actually 2,500 years later. In the Exodus, uh, when the law was given, listen to what God says, the principal priority. You shall have no other gods before me. Wow. I married Sister Moody next month, be 48 years ago. And when we got married, she said, you shall have no other women before me. <laughs> Pretty good practice. And I certainly wouldn't allow her to have any other men before me. That's priority, can you say amen? There are important things in my life, but how many knows if you're going to have a good marriage, Tyler, you better make sure there's no other women before her. They just got married. And it goes from there on through Revelation. It's a principle that God says the first belongs to me. This is because God is a God of order. 
He doesn't think his order is the right way or the best way. He thinks his order and way of doing things is the only way. I've been reading, you know, uh, through the books of the law again and through, you know, Leviticus, and, uh, which is the, the, the rendering of the law, Deuteronomy, which is the second, second accounting of it, and through Numbers, which is time in the wilderness, great, great reading. But you, how many of those you get in there, you get to read about all those sacrifices and all those offerings on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the sin offerings, and the, the heave offerings, the wave offerings, you know, all these different offerings that you bring for, for different things. And, and it's so like, it's, it's so methodical, some of you think, that. But what God says is, if you don't do it right, it's not right. And I thought, if I was that priest, I'd mess that up. And God would probably hit me with a lightning bolt when I walked towards the, the tabernacle or something. I mean, I was, I mean, we're not under that law anymore. But what God was saying was there's, a, there's an order that puts priority on what you're doing. I mean, the day of atonement, sins were being atoned for the whole nation. And, and there, were, there were offerings, if they weren't offered right, you literally would die. So God says it's my way or no way. And when Jesus came, he carried on in that same vein, can you say amen? And that's, that's just the way it is. That's what God blesses. If you want to be blessed, you do it his way. We, we read the Old Testament. He had the order for the tabernacle, the, even for the preparing and eating of food. He had orders for offering, sacrifices, prayers, worship. But motives, listen, are everything. God today doesn't look, you know, at, at, that you do exactly, you know, letter by letter. But he looks upon the intents of the heart. What's your priority today? I, I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, I don't listen to Muhammad's teachings. I have a book about the Quran. It's about that thick. I read it one time just to reaffirm the fact that I'm glad I read the Bible. Amen. I don't listen to Buddha. I don't listen to the teaching of the Hindus with 120 million gods or whatever. They just keep increasing the numbers. Everything's a god. But I've got one god, one father who's above all and in you all. And he sent his son that he could become the priority of our life to not just be our savior, but to be our Lord, can you say amen? Listen, when you... When it comes to pleasing God, and you have to operate in line with his word, with his spirit, with his principles. And so Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, if you put worship above everything else, if you put prayer as a priority, if you put loving Jesus, amen, first of all, when you do, all of a sudden the blessings begin to, you know, they, they talk about trickle-down politics. I don't, I don't know anything about that, but I know about trickle-down blessings. I know it pours over the head and it flows down to the skirts of the garment. Can I tell you, man of God, be just that. Be a man of God. It'll bless your wife. It'll bless your children. It'll bless your family. It'll bless your home. It'll bless every part of your life. Give him praise, if you would. Jesus he resumes this, this thought, this idea of this single-hearted devotion to God and deals with the related attitude about don't worry 
Over and over again, he says, take no thought, which means don't worry. That means there's freedom from anxiety. Over, how many know people that get stressed out over the smallest things? I mean, I mean, there's some families, it's a meltdown trying to decide where you're going to eat. Just ask me, I'll tell you where we're going. <laughs> Are you with me? I, I think anxiety, there's enough stress in life. If, if I stay focused on, as Dylan said, Fox News and, and CNN, well, Fox News. <laughs> if, if I stay focused on that, I get stressed. Anxiety begins to build up. If, if I were to just sit around today and wonder what's going to happen. I, you, can I say something right here? I'm not as much concerned about which one's going to be the winner. Because I'm afraid America's going to be the loser. If our system of elections is corrupted, how many knows we all lose something? But what I'm here to tell you is that my blessings don't depend on a political uh, function. My blessings, come on somebody. My blessings, and I know these things are, are, are important and they're part of the criteria of life, but the critical issue is the principle of priority. I gotta stay focused. I gotta seek first the kingdom of God, what's this? And his righteousness, hallelujah. I wanna be right with God. I wanna be holy. I wanna be sanctified. I wanna be blessed. I wanna be spirit-filled. Come on, y'all with me today. I'll take the Holy Ghost every day. I'll take the baptism. I talk in tongues. I shout. I believe in the moving. I believe in the gifts and the healing and the power. Almighty God. One guy got on the internet and said, I've heard all these so-called prophets. They prophesied this and prophesied that. And he was moaning and carrying on. And I wanted to scream at him and say, hey, it ain't over. <laughs> What's your problem? Jesus is still Lord. God's still on the throne. Are you with me? This principle of pride. We are, we are so easily the church sometimes. I think God must scratch his head and say, they're like that bunch I brought out of Egypt. They were good when I gave them water out of a rock. But when they came to Mara, they wanted to turn their back on me. We need to stay focused on this God. Amen. You know what Jesus illustrates in these texts about the, about the birds and the lilies? I, in fact, I remember one time years ago, I, I preached a, a, a message on birds and lilies. And I talked about the bird brains and the flower child mentality. Here's what Jesus was saying. They don't worry, why should you? They're not concerned, why should you be? He was illustrating that worry is worthless. Hello? Can I tell you, not only is it worthless, it's unnecessary. It's just, it's just unnecessary to worry. And, and it's unfruitful. It produces nothing. But can I tell you the most important fact he illustrates about worry? It's unbecoming for a Christian to walk around with a gloom and doom attitude, worried and, and speaking negativity all the time. Oh, glory. 
depression or a recession or if the stock market crashes or a financial downturn or somebody's political party loses. But I just want to say, like Jesse Duplantis, I'm not participating God has blessed me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in my cupboards. I'm blessed in my bank account. Come on, somebody. I'm blessed in my body. My marriage is blessed. My family is blessed. And can I shout it? What God is blessed, the devil cannot curse. Come on, somebody. It's the principle of priority. Principle. Priority. If Satan can convince us that we're not important in the eyes of God, he can defeat us. Here's a news flash. Headline news right now. God is not angry with you. If you're blood-bought, sanctified, your name's in the book of life, he says, You're the apple of my eye. You know what he said? He said, I got your name engraved in the palm of my hand. He said, your mom and daddy may forget you, but I will never forget you. Can I shout it like this? I was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed I've just got to keep my priorities in place. Amen. The principle of priority is worshiping my Savior and serving God is the most important thing in my life. I'll never forget one time I was a young preacher and I was pastor in a little church and the front porch had to walk up several steps. That was before the handicap requirements. You had to walk up several steps. And I was standing on the front porch and Back then, we rang a bell. We had a rope. We pulled and rang a bell for church time. I was ringing the bell. But, you know, people was already in. And some guy pulls up the road right beside the church. Cars parked there where he sees me. He said, you going in there to give him a good and preacher? I said, yeah. And uh, he said, have fun. I said, you ought to join us. He said, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. I said, you don't have to go to church to go to hell either. Just don't be saved. Boy, he drove off. He's never spoke to me since then. There is a priority to serving God, can you say, man? And so Satan, if he can convince you you're not important in the eyes of God, he can cause you to lose importance, the, uh, the, uh, the importance of God in your eyes. And so Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 11, he, uh, he was talking about John the Baptist, and they mentioned John there a while ago. And uh, John, you know, when they said, who are you? He said, they said, are you the Christ? He said, no, but I'm the one that stands and says, behold the bridegroom. Amen, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I'm the one that says, behold the Lamb of God. And, and when we look at John, you know, listen to what Jesus said about him in Matthew 11 and 11. He said, verily I say unto you that among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Stop right there. The Jews freaked out when he said that. Moses, in their eyes, is greater than anybody. 
And, and we could talk about David and Solomon and Elijah and Joshua. We could talk about Samson, those heroes of the Bible. And, and, and what they did, some of them was maybe, you know, powerful and tremendous. But what John did, it's not the fact that, that he was some great charismatic, you know, flamboyant guy. He, he come out of the wilderness wearing camel hair with a leather girdle about his waist, eating bugs and wild honey. Come on, somebody knows. He, he wasn't culturally or, or politically correct, but what he did was the most important thing that had ever been done to that time because there hadn't been a word from God for 400 years. The heavens had been shut until an angel came and spoke and said that he would be born and he was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb and he came out of that wilderness preaching and saying repent because the kingdom is at hand. In other words, it's within reach. So his ministry, what he had to do was what made him so important. He, Jesus said, there's never been one greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding. He that's the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. In other words, John is going to be killed before the kingdom is established. So when the kingdom's established, when the church is born, are y'all with me? If the church will keep their priority on Christ and, and worship and be as committed as John was to what we're supposed to be doing, we will affect the whole world in a greater way than John did. Do you see that? He said, listen, in, in, uh, in, in verse number 12, he said, and from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We're not giving up. We're holding on to Jesus. Can you say amen? We're going to stand and sing, there's nothing greater than you. We're going to show the world that we found the answer. How many believe you really found the answer? Stay with me just a few more minutes. Jesus said, consider the birds and lilies. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in the bars, but God clothes them. The reason God takes care of you is that you are that important to him and you're also that important to the kingdom of God. What kind of God would he be if he didn't take care of his children? Are you with me? He's that kind of God. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to take, Paul said in Philippians 4, 19, and my God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory, amen, in Christ Jesus, by Christ Jesus. Matthew 10, 29, he said, two sparrows are sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father knowing what's taking place. Listen, but the very hairs of your head, amen, are numbered, amen, God knows knows exactly what's going on. Fear ye not, therefore you're more valuable than sparrows. And whosoever shall confess me before men, I'll confess him before the Father. So my priority, the principle of priority causes me to focus. How do you focus on what you can't see? You focus by faith. And faith comes from hearing the word of God. Are you hearing me? Jesus He's coming back again. I mean, as pastor, for years I've stood at gravesides and I, and I stood this week uh, and did a funeral for a precious lady, 95, almost 96 years old. And uh, I, I told the early service, I said, when you looked at her, she didn't look nothing like that old. She didn't have very much gray hair. And uh, her skin was, was smooth. And her daughter was standing there and said, said just look at her, Brother Moody. said, said, said uh, life's been good to her. I laid my hand. She got saved when she was 30 and she's 95, 65 years. And I touched her and I said, God's been good to her. God's been good 
to her. So we focus by faith. Psalm 121 and 1 said, I'll lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He'll not suffer my foot to be moved. I won't fall down. He that keeps thee will not slumber. God never gets tired. Can you say amen? He that keeps Israel never slumbers, never gets tired, never goes to sleep. He's always watching. Can you say amen? The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. He's your protection. I focus on faith. I depend on deity. What are you trusting in today? I depend on a God that is God, hallelujah. God is not a man, can you say amen? He cannot fail. And, and when other people try to compare other so-called gods to Jesus, Ravi Zacharias wrote the book entitled Jesus Among Lesser Gods, and he said he stands paramount high above everything that's ever been named because he is God. I depend on deity. Amen. In Deuteronomy 2 and 1, it said, We turn, Moses is recounting what took place, took a journey into the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke unto me as we compassed about this Mount Seir. They went around that mountain, just walked around in circles. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, Amen. You have compassed this mountain long enough. You've walked around in circles long enough. You've been following the cloud by day and the fire by night. But now I want you to turn to the north. Can you say amen? In verse 7, for it says, For the Lord thy God has blessed thee in all the works of your hand. He knows you're walking through the great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord has been with you and you have lacked nothing. Hear what God's saying in Psalm 23 and 5. I mean, remember this. David said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. But I've got to stay focused. I've got to stay focused. Go ahead and give God praise if you would. So I focus by faith. I depend on deity. I rest in reassurance. Come on, Nick. The scripture said that Jesus... And Matthew 14 and 14 went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desert place or a desolate place. And the time is getting late. Send the multitude away that we may go, they might go to the village and buy them something to eat. And Jesus said unto them, they don't need to depart. Listen, give them something to eat. He reassured them, I got this. How many of you ever had somebody look at you and say, I got this? How many knows that, that sounds good, but it's not real. Sometimes it's not always true. But you hear this preacher, if God ever looks at you and says, I got this, you're okay. Amen. And uh, they said, all we have is five loaves and two fishes. And you know the story. They end up feeding 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. But notice what Jesus said. All we got is five loaves, two fishes, a little boy's lunch, a little kid's happy meal. And Jesus said, bring them to me. Put it in my hand. How many of you I wonder today understand the principle of priority is you put whatever you got in the hand of the Lord and he's going to bless it if you trust him, if you love him. I want you to stand with me. You see, God is our refuge. Psalm 31 and 19, he said, 
Or how great is thy goodness which you've laid up for them that fear you. Which you've wrought for them that trust in you before they trust the sons of men. You understand, God wants you to have good relationships. God wants you to good judgments and wise business decisions and good investments. God wants you to vote your conscience when you walk into a polling place. Sister Moody's always said, ain't nobody in that booth but you and God. Nobody can see what you're doing but you and God. God wants you to do all that. But He wants you to understand that all the goodness that's laid up for people And all that God has done is to people that trust Him first before they trust other men. There's going to come a day when we're going to stand before God. And those who've made Him their priority, He's going to say to them, Enter in, you blessed of my Father, because you've trusted me. You've served me. You've been faithful. You've had faith. God's never failed. A few weeks ago, I went to a home where a man was demon-possessed. He cast that devil out. I'm not trying to make you think I'm Superman or somebody. I'm telling you, my priority is Jesus. Matter of fact, the first day I went, I couldn't do nothing with him. But the second day I went back, I had a word from God. And God delivered that man. He was in church the next Sunday, the next morning. Him and his wife gave their heart to the Lord. Still holding on. And I'm here to tell you that they're still fighting some battles. This, this demon would manifest. And a little girl in the house was scared. She came to me in tears and said, I'm afraid. You know, that thing's still lingering, watching for me, a child. And I said, baby, let me tell you something. I said, Satan bruised Jesus' heel. But Jesus took his foot and smashed his head. And I said, before he went back to glory, he defeated every demon the Bible said he spoiled them which means he stripped them of all the power they had and all the authority and I said do you know Jesus she said I do I said are you saved she said I am I said the Holy Spirit's in you she said he is I said you've got a mountain moving devil chasing spirit in you that Satan trembles at and you got nothing to worry. and I prayed for her and the tears began to flow and she left saying I've got faith that everything's all right. It's a principle of priority. Greater is he that's in you. Let me believe that. I mean, years ago I was pastoring a little church, first time I ever pastored, and a demon manifest one night, and half the people ran out of the church and left me there to deal with it by myself. Some of them been saved for years. And, and I don't fault them. It's because nobody would ever make them understand that demons are defeated. You know? 
I, I don't know why I got off on that. I just come to tell somebody, you need to have the principle of priority that Jesus is Lord and always will be Lord in my life. And no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And ain't no devil big enough to mess with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Glory! And there are demons and there are devils and people do get possessed and there are all this mess going on. But the truth is, I've decided to follow Jesus. If he goes with me, ain't nobody going to harm me. Do you believe that today? Could you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand and say, I got Jesus, it's all good. He's, he's, he's my priority. It's all good. I just felt like telling somebody that you're okay. Brother Orville Shanks is sitting back there. Had a horrible accident. The devil thought he'd kill him. But Orville's still praising the Lord. Still praising God. Still going on. Tommy's testimony last week was awesome. I'd venture to say all over this church, there's testimony after testimony. How Jesus brought me out. How many can say Jesus brought me out of a bad situation? Just got to wave your hand. But he hadn't changed. Just keep, your, just keep the principle of priority foremost in your life. Focus by faith. Depend on His deity. Can you say amen? Rest in His assurance. I'm good. It's all right. I'm safe. What about you? Is Jesus your priority? How many of you can say, I'm saved? Hold your hand up. I'm saved. How many glad one day He made you His priority? He went to the cross for you. But let me ask you this. Is he still your priority? Is he your first choice and not your last resort? Is he the one you live for and not the one you run to when you're in trouble? But he's the one that I know he's there every day. I told that little girl, I said, baby, Jesus said this. She said, I'm afraid to go in the room by myself. Children's. You know, I said, but Jesus said, when you walk in the room and shut the door, there am I. I said, you don't have to ask him to come. He goes with you. Hello? Does anybody believe that? In the worst of times, just go in the room, shut the door. Praise God. He's there. That's what he said. I'm there in your prayer closet. I'm there in your private time. He never fails. I want Nick to sing. And if you're not saved, will you come and me here and let me pray with you and make him the priority of your life from here on or if you're backslidden let's come and get rededicated and make him the priority of your life but perhaps you're a child of God you know you're safe but you can see areas in your life where you've not kept him as the preeminent savior lord and god of your life and you need to make him your priority today maybe there's a situation you've let worry you you should he said don't worry you need to trust him you need to make him your priority Set our hearts on you, Lord, come and We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.